All right. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Final Final Podcast. Carter Thompson here, your host, as always. First round of the NFL Draft in the books. I tell you what, an absolutely insane first round this year in the NFL Draft. Nine first-round trades. That's the most in NFL history. Nine teams with multiple first-round picks this year as well. That's also the most in NFL history. You can throw out all the mock drafts, throw them out. Nobody was able to predict this many trades coming. A lot of fun to watch. If you didn't get to watch it, I was able to watch the entire thing last night on the phone with my brother. Just I, Mine was a little ahead of his, so I tried not to spoil too much for him when stuff came up. But some of these big trades that I'm about to go through, I, I couldn't help but uh, maybe let it, <laughs> let it let him know a little early in this case. But it was a ton of fun. We're going to get the highlights right here. We'll also get to NBA playoffs in this episode round two coming up so we'll get to that as well and then you'll see my final final thought on this episode of the podcast all right let's get right to it first round reaction to the nfl draft 2022 nfl draft like i said nine first round trades nine teams with multiple first round picks that's the most in nfl history for both we'll take a look at how my mock draft did really quick not going to be anywhere close to where i was hoping I mean, I'm not necessarily sure I'm hoping that these teams draft what I'm thinking. It's just what I think that would be best for them and what they I think they should do. But I do the correct picks in two forms here. Exact player going to the exact team that I thought, and then also did I select the correct position for the team that I thought they should draft? They just took a different player at that position. So I had five exact players going to their specific team. I believe it was Aiden Hutchinson to the Lions. Sauce Gardner to the New York Jets. I had Charles Cross going to the Seattle Seahawks. Jermaine Johnson I also had going to the Jets. And I had one more. Oh, it was uh, Tyler Smith, the offensive tackle out of Tulsa. I had him going to the Dallas Cowboys, which was also correct as well. And then I think I had around 12 teams picking the same position that I thought that they should also take, just a different player. Um, I'm pretty impressed with uh with that with the I'm more look at the team picking the same position not necessarily the exact player because then I'm I'm thinking similar to them in terms of what I think their best their most the need that they have on their team the biggest need and also in terms of a long-term glaring need that they have so not bad considering the amount of trades I would not have predicted that I was thinking maybe like 3 or 4 we had 9 but what a crazy first night some of the let's get to some of the biggest headlines and we'll start with I don't think none bigger than this one. The Philadelphia Eagles, they had two first round draft picks in this draft, ended up trading the 18th overall pick and a third round pick for AJ Brown from the Tennessee Titans. This is one of the guys that I thought was going to be staying in Tennessee. If anything, I thought Debo Samuel was going to be a guy on the move. Instead, it's AJ Brown. He goes to the Philadelphia Eagles, gets a new contract of 4 years, 100 million dollars. $57 million of that guaranteed. This, to me, is a great move for the Eagles. They get a proven superstar wide receiver, with one of, basically with one of their first-round picks and throw in a third-round pick. That doesn't matter. You're getting A.J. Brown. You pair him with Devontae Smith now. This is an incredible wide receiver room with those two. Now Jalen Hurts is on the clock with this superstar wide receiver in ascending Devontae Smith as well. The Eagles now know... They still have two first-round picks next year as well, which is really nice for them. They're going to know what they have in Jalen Hurts off of this season. I didn't necessarily think wide receiver was a big need for them. Like I said, the way that the Eagles won last year 
was with the running game. But that's with a rookie wide receiver. You're getting a proven superstar wide receiver in A.J. Brown, big four-year contract. Now I guess you'll figure out what you have in Jalen Hurts, if he's going to be your guy for the future. And if not, you have the draft capital next year to grab the guy of your future, and you'll still and you'll just give that new quarterback, if it's not Jalen Hurts, you'll give that new quarterback an excellent position to come into with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, a really good offensive line. So now it's it's Eagles are set themselves up in a really nice position with A.J. Brown, and whether it's Jalen Hurts going forward or a quarterback next year going forward, I like this move a lot for the Eagles. They also had their own first-round pick at 13th overall, and they were able to get Jordan Davis, the big defensive tackle out of Georgia, run stuffer. Philadelphia is known for taking defensive tackles. I had them taking Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia, his teammate, Jordan Davis, but Jordan Davis is the the mammoth, 340-pounder, like 6'6", Philadelphia does a really good job with defensive tackles. He gets to come in, learn next to Fletcher Cox, doesn't have to be a superstar from day one, but he's going to be a big-time contributor, I think, takes a little pressure off. Really good first round, I think, for the Philadelphia Eagles. The Tennessee Titans then, they got that 18th overall pick. What they did with it, they just take A.J. Brown's replacement in Traylon Burks. A lot of comparisons between these two. Traylon Burks, the wide receiver out of Arkansas, Big time, just get the ball in his hands, let him do the work after that. Yards after the catch kind of guy, short, intermediate, can also take jet sweeps, gets compared to Debo Samuel. So a little bit of A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel comparisons right there for Traylon Burks. I think this trade is going to work out for both teams. Tennessee Titans, they had a big cap hit coming, or they do this year, with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. One of the reasons I thought quarterback could be a selection for them to get cheaper at the position. But instead, they're getting cheaper at the wide receiver spot since they know Derrick Henry's coming back next year. This is a running football team in the Tennessee Titans. They are Derrick Henry-focused. Now they have young weapons, still good young weapons, for Ryan Tannehill to work with. And we'll see what they do in round two and three here. I mean, there's some quarterbacks that dropped in this draft. We'll talk about it in a second. But... That was probably the biggest move of, of round one. The Eagles trading for superstar wide receiver A.J. Brown. I like the move a lot for the Eagles. Sets them up well, I think, for the future. Because they have a young quarterback on a cheap contract right now. You figure out what you have in him. And then if you don't like what you have in Jalen Hurts, which I think you should, but that's a different topic, you can move on from him next season and put your next quarterback, set him up nicely as well. Another big trade. Well, there was nine, but here's another one. Marquise Brown, wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens, traded to the Arizona Cardinals for the 23rd overall pick and a fourth round pick. This, to me, is a really good deal for the Ravens. I mean, this is, you're not going to get any higher of a draft. I mean, Marquise Brown for a first round pick, he basically just got traded for the same first round pick as Devontae Adams almost. Obviously, not a first and a second, but wow, I don't think the Ravens were going to get anything ever better than that for, for Marquise Brown. So that made a ton of sense. He wasn't necessarily fitting well into their running scheme and wasn't living up to the hype of his own first-round pick. So this makes a ton of sense for the Ravens. I'll tell you who they got in a second. But for the Cardinals, I understand why they did this. It makes Kyler, Kyler Murray happy. I, told, I said in my previous mock draft episode that they should get a wide receiver to appease Kyler Murray. This makes him over the moon happy, getting his former teammate from Oklahoma. So this one just makes a ton of sense in my opinion. Gets his former teammate from Oklahoma. But for the Ravens, they somehow 
with the 14th overall pick. They get the top safety in this draft, Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. He somehow falls to them at 14. Then with this other first-round pick, they get Tyler Linderbaum at 25. They traded back again from 23. So they get two players absolutely above head and, head and shoulders best at their positions. Kyle Hamilton, best safety in this draft, no question. Tyler Linderbaum, best center in this draft, no question. Positions of need for the Ravens as well. The Ravens lost their starting center in free agency. Ravens also lost their starting safety, and they needed some secondary depth as well. And Kyle Hamilton absolutely steps in. Doesn't have to be the star week one because they're going to have Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters back. And Linderbaum can step right in and just be a fantastic option to block in front of Lamar Jackson and these running backs, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, guys like that. Ravens somehow just fantastic deal here, and they get just two of the top players at their position. It's amazing. The Ravens seem to do this all the time, but that seemed to work out really well for the Ravens. Marquise Brown goes to the Arizona Cardinals. That's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Marquise Brown. That adds a lot of speed, and that's Cardinals kind of needed some speed in that wide receiver room, so Marquise Brown makes a lot of sense for them. Little rich, I thought, for a first-round pick, but either way, Add speed to DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green. Still have Rondell Moore as well. That's going to be exciting, an exciting wide receiver room in Arizona to go along with Kyler Murray. They they know what, what the NFL is turning into. It's a shootout league right now, and that's what the Cardinals are going for. But that was another really interesting trade that happened. How about this? Talk about a team that I thought did really well. The New York Jets with a massive haul of three first-round picks. They got Ahmad Sauce Gardner, the cornerback out of Cincy, at pick number four. Then they got their their number one wide receiver in Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. They got him at pick 10. And then the guy that I thought they should have took at pick 10 fell all the way down into the late 20s, so the Jets traded back in to the first round and take defensive end Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. I mean, I think they possibly got three top 10 players in this first round of the draft. Now the only question is, that's great. You can win the draft. I put quotes around that. There's no such thing as really winning the draft. It's all about what you do with these players now. Do they have the right quarterback? Do they have the right coach to make use of these great pop prospects? A cornerback is not going to lead you to the Super Bowl. A wide receiver is not going to be able to lead you to the Super Bowl. A defensive end is not going to be able to lead you to the Super Bowl. These guys can be major components of getting you into the playoffs into winning games, but they are not going to lead you there. It's obviously going to be your quarterback, and it's obviously going to be your head coach. you got to have the right coaching system, and you got to have the right quarterback who can win you games. But when you get three big-time prospects like the Jets did, that goes a long way. you just got to make sure that you got the right coach and you got the right quarterback in place to win football games. I hope they do because that, that was an exciting first round for the New York Jets with those three picks. I thought with the Packers, they had the 22nd overall pick. That Jermaine Johnson would have been an option for them there. They went a different route, so the Jets able to trade back into the first round. Speaking of the Packers, though, let's let's dissect their picks really quick here as well. They don't reach on a wide receiver with their first two round picks, and they load up on defense. And when my brother and I were watching this at first, I was a little confused, but then I, I thought about it, and I took a breath, and I'm like, okay, I actually, I think I know what kind of their plan is. 
that they're going for. Let's let's discuss the picks first, and then I think I'll I'll kind of go at what I think the Packers are looking to do. So with the 22nd pick, they take inside linebacker. I know, right? Quay Walker out of Georgia. And then with the 28th overall pick, they take Devontae Wyatt, the defensive tackle out of Georgia. So two Georgia products going to Green Bay. The Packers kind of throw us off by going out of the norm a little bit with these picks in terms of what they usually stick for. Usually a player at a premium position, so edge rusher, defensive tackle, cornerback, quarterback, offensive line tackle, and then safety, I think, is also in that cornerback range. So there's about four or five positions that are considered premium positions, so that's usually one of the criteria they go with. Also, very athletic. Both of these guys are super athletic. And then young. They usually go for guys that are around 22 years old, even younger, possibly. They broke two norms here with a premium position, Quay Walker, inside linebacker. They haven't drafted an inside linebacker since 2006. If you remember, that was A.J. Hawk, so that that worked out pretty well, I'd say. But then they also went with, they also broke another norm in terms of with Devontae Wyatt. He's 24 years old when this season starts. Usually they're drafting guys that are 21 years old, maybe less than, I mean, sometimes if a 20-year-old, if he's available and worth the pick in the first round but they take Quay Walker the inside linebacker and Devontae Wyatt who's over who's 24 years old but the thing that stays consistent with the Packers these guys are incredibly athletic Devontae Wyatt I believe he ran a 477 his 40 yard dash at the NFL combine he weighs over 300 pounds this guy can move and when you watch the tape oh my goodness he is so quick that makes a ton of sense for the Packers then Quay Walker inside linebacker to go with Devondre Campbell. This guy has athleticism, and he's got incredibly long arms, and he doesn't miss tackles, something we saw with Devondre Campbell last year. Quay Walker, I believe, missed four tackles all of last season on George's way to winning the national championship. So doesn't matter, apparently, to the Packers that it wasn't a premium position for Quay Walker or that Devontae Wyatt was a little older, something that's out of the norm for them. Didn't matter as much due to the athleticism these two guys can bring now to the Packers defense. They didn't go wide receiver. Apparently, according to Aaron Rodgers, he was on the Pat McAfee show, Packers had six first-round grades on the wide receivers, and they just weren't able to get a trade done to move up for one, which is okay. Like I said, if one falls to them, great. If not, there are still a lot of great options available for day two. Only six, not only six, there was six wide receivers drafted in the first round, no more than six, all before, or all eight, pick 18 and up. Rodgers said he feels great about all the options available on day two. He's got a good, the Packers have a good track record with wide receivers not taken in the first round. You've heard Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, I mean, even Donald Driver in the seventh round. So Aaron Rodgers is like, they they let me know they got six first round grades on wide receivers if they can get one that's great he's like you got to trust in Aaron Rodgers said this you got to trust in the organization a little bit so Aaron Rodgers showing some trust in Brian Gutekinst and the Packers front office as well I think he'll be able to make it work he said he's going to be at voluntary offseason training for the Packers OTAs mini camps he's going to be there to work with whoever's in that wide receiver room it doesn't have to be just second round wide receivers that they take either they can still bring in a veteran there's still guys like julio jarvis landry odell beckham those guys are still available and on the market 
if the Packers need to go that route if someone doesn't get to them in the second round of the draft. Here's what I think the Packers are doing. They're going for that 2010 Packers Super Bowl where they just have an elite defense. They're going for a top five defense, one of the best quarterbacks ever, leading an above average offense. This is still a top 10 potential offense because of Aaron Rodgers. Whoever the the wide receivers are, I think he'll make it work. But the offense isn't going to have an Aaron Rodgers that's contending for the MVP this year. It's going to be led by two studs in the backfield at running back with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I mean, like I said, still lots of time to fill out this wide receiver room, but they have two running backs with an honest shot, an honest possibility of both going over 1,000 yards. That's what they lean on this year. Running backs, I mean, two of them, and then you'll, you'll still get some depth at, at running back as well. You can get one in the draft later if you like as well. Two running backs with a possibility of getting over 1,000 yards, a top five, maybe a top three defense. You're going to have, you got a cornerback in Jair Alexander, who's potentially a top three cornerback in the NFL right now. You got two stud safeties. You got two corners on the other side. Eric Stokes, who had a phenomenal rookie season. Rasul Douglas, we saw what he did when he came when he came to Green Bay midseason. Now you've got a really good defensive front seven with Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary coming off the edge. You got Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt in the middle at defensive tackle, and now you've got two stud linebackers. You got Devondre Campbell, first team all pro, and Quay Walker, a former national champion now on the on the Green Bay Packers. This defense it has the potential to be really good in the second season. Now with Joe Barry as the defensive coordinator, that's what I think the Green Bay Packers are looking to do. Rodgers is still all in, even after Devontae Adams wanted out. This makes a, a lot of sense what the Packers are trying to do. Everyone's loading up on offense. Green Bay is like, hey, we're going to have a top three defense. Defense wins championships. What won the championship this year for the Los Angeles Rams? It was Aaron Donald, Von Miller, all these kind of guys getting after Joe Burrow in the end. That's that's what won the Super Bowl this year. So Packers loading up on defense, expecting Aaron Rodgers and the offense to still be adequate, still put up points no matter who's there, still be possibly a top 10, top 12 offense in this league, even without Devontae Adams. Makes a lot of sense, and that's why I understand these picks. They still, they're going to need some speed on the offense in the wide receiver position. And I think they're going to be able to add that. I think the second round actually just started now as, as I'm recording this. So we'll see what they can do with the rest of this draft. A lot of time before they have to play on Sunday. I'm excited. I like the Packers' first-round picks this year. Other teams that I thought did very well last night, Detroit Lions. Aiden Hutchinson with the second overall pick. Loved that pick for Detroit. This is a guy. He's a local kid from the Detroit area. He's excited and he wants to play in Detroit as well for Dan Campbell in the Detroit Lions. So that's going to be a ton of fun to watch him and the fans just cheer him on there. They also then, Detroit, traded up to number 12 and got Jamison Williams, the wide receiver, out of Alabama. And the reason I like this pick so much, he's coming off of a torn ACL. He's not going to be able to start the season on the field. He's going to be still recovering from that ACL injury. And what the Lions can do is if he's not ready, say, even halfway through the season, maybe he gets ready by week 12 or something like that. You can bring him in. They're probably not going to be contending this year for the playoffs with Jared Goff. So then what you do is when you draft a quarterback next season with guys like Bryce Young, the quarterback out of Alabama, C.J. Stroud, the quarterback out of Ohio State, these are 
these are potential franchise quarterbacks that the Lions can go get. They're still going to have two first-round picks next year with the Rams pick from Matthew Stafford again. So they can go get one of those guys, and when that next quarterback comes in after Jared Goff, he's just a stopgap right now. When that next quarterback comes in after Jared Goff, they're going to be set up pretty nicely with that offense. they got a good offensive line, Penny Sewall from last year, Taylor Decker at the other offensive tackle spot as well. they got Frank Ragnow, a really, really good center in the NFL. Then they're going to have some weapons at the wide receiver position. Jamison Williams will be fully healthy. They'll also have Amon Ross St. Brown and TJ Hawkinson. So I like what they did. Like I said, I didn't think they should go quarterback this year with the guys that are available possibly next year, but they got two really good draft picks this year in Aiden Hutchinson and Jamison Williams. New York Giants also did really well, I thought. They got Kayvon Thibodeau, the defensive end out of Georgia, and then they got Evan Neal, the offensive tackle out of Alabama. These are just two potential cornerstones on their offensive and defensive line. One guy to protect Daniel Jones, make running room for Saquon Barkley, and then Kayvon Thibodeau, they were one of the worst teams in the NFL last year at getting after the quarterback. This guy has incredible speed and burst off the line, and he'll have some time to grow in New York. He's, he could potentially be the best pass rusher in this draft, and the Giants got these guys at 5-7. and seven. I think this is how you start to build a team. This is a team that's rebuilding with a new head coach and a new general manager. You make sure your fronts are set. You, got your, you get your offensive line, you get your defensive line, then you can get weapons. There are weapons galore in the NFL. you got to make sure you get the guys up front right first, and that's what I think the Giants did with this draft. Kansas City Chiefs did pretty well as well, I thought. They traded up from 28 all the way up to 21. They got Trent McDuffie, the corner out of Washington. He comes in and immediately probably becomes their number one corner on this team, which they desperately need in that AFC West division with guys like Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, who am I mean? Oh, Jerry Judy in this division. That's a very tough division. They got a really good corner. Then they also got George Karloftis, an edge rusher. They really need to get that defense. They've got, like I said, they've got pieces. They're kind of in the same position as the Green Bay Packers. Get your defense right. You can figure out the wide receiver position in the second or third round even. Like I said, there's a ton of talent at these specialty, at these weapons positions and wide receivers and running backs and tight ends. You can get these guys. You can find these big-time players all over the place. Like Tyreek Hill was a fifth-round pick. Devontae Adams was a second-round pick. Those are probably two of the top three wide receivers in the NFL. You can find these guys other places, get your defense right, and Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers can make these weapons better because of how good of quarterbacks they are. So I liked what the Kansas City Chiefs did, focusing on the defense as well. I already mentioned the Baltimore Ravens with what they did in the draft, the New York Jets, the Philadelphia Eagles. Those six teams I thought had really nice first rounds. It also helps when you have multiple first-round picks. That helps to have you have an, a nice first round. Shocking, I know, right? Having more picks makes you have a better draft. Who, who would have thought? Here's an interesting one. Only one quarterback selected in the first round at 20th overall to the Pittsburgh Steelers. This makes a ton of sense. I didn't think a quarterback would be available if they stuck at 20. Turns out it was the only quarterback that was taken in the first round. It's Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh, so he literally just switches locker rooms because I'm pretty sure they share the same facility, Pittsburgh, and then the Steelers, University of Pittsburgh, excuse me, and the Steelers share the same facility. So this is a great pick for the Steelers because Kenny Pickett 
if he can beat Mitch Trubisky, could be their starter this year. So that makes a lot of sense, and I hope that works out for Kenny Pickett and, and Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, an absolutely phenomenal coach. He's never had a losing season as head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is fantastic. The surprise, though, is Malik Willis, who I thought, and a lot of people think, has the most upside at quarterback. He drops. He's not in the first round. little bit shocking. I thought some team might trade up into the first round at the end of the first round if he started to fall because then the difference between a first-round pick and a second-round pick, you get that fifth-year option, whereas second-round picks, you can only sign them to a four-year deal, where a fifth-round pick, the team gets that fifth year as an option, so you have him under team control for five years. He drops into the second round. He could end up going to the Seattle Seahawks with the 40th overall pick. I don't know if that pick's been announced yet as I'm doing this, but that would make a ton of sense for the Seattle Seahawks, who took an offensive tackle with the ninth overall pick. They could still get Malik Willis, who a lot thought should take him at nine. He could drop to them in the second round. But so that was kind of one of the big shockers is only Kenny Pickett as the first as the only quarterback taken in the first round. Lots of draft still ahead of us here. Lots of talent and quality starter talent available for rounds two and three. Almost just as fun as round one because you still know a lot of these prospects, some of these guys you thought might be in the first round, some of these guys that fell out of the first round are still available. Lots of fun still to be had in this NFL draft. I can't wait. I believe round two has started as I've been talking here, so I'm going to get to watching that right after I finish up here. But we'll get to my final thought on this episode of the Final Final Podcast. NBA round one of the playoffs coming to a close. We'll recap it right quick here. The Milwaukee Bucks over the Chicago Bulls in five games. The Boston Celtics over the Brooklyn Nets in four games. Those two teams will face off in the second round. Boston Celtics holding home court advantage. That is going to be an absolutely great second round series. This should be, I think, in my opinion, the Eastern Conference Finals matchup. We're going to get it in the second round, kind of like last year where we thought Nets-Bucks should have been the Eastern Conference Finals. We're going to get it again this time Bucks celtics should be a lot of fun. Doesn't look like Chris Middleton is going to be available for this series either. So it might be Giannis, Drew Holiday, the rest of those guys against the Boston Celtics who just swept the Brooklyn Nets. That's going to be a ton of fun. I'll dive more into that matchup come next week, Monday or Tuesday when I do my next episode. We'll dive into that one a little bit more. We had the Miami Heat over the Atlanta Hawks in five games the 76ers over the Toronto Raptors in six games. So those two teams will face off in the other second round matchup in the Eastern Conference. I don't know if I said NFC before when I was saying Bucks Celtics because I might have just football on my brain right now, but it's the Eastern Conference. Heat, 76ers, Bucks, Celtics. That's your Eastern Conference second round matchups. You got the Phoenix Suns. They get Devin Booker back for Game 6 against the New Orleans Pelicans, and they win that game, taking the series 4-2, to two, so the Suns advance. Then you got the Dallas Mavericks over the Utah Jazz in six games, so those two teams will face off in the Western Conference of Round 2. That should be a ton of fun. First time we get to see Luka Doncic in the second round of an NBA playoff series. It's good that Devin Booker got back for that game against the Pelicans, kind of both teams with Luka Doncic healthy as well for the Mavericks, it looks like. Both teams almost at full strength for this second-round playoff matchup. Should be a ton of fun. And then you got the Golden State Warriors. They took on, they've defeated the Denver Nuggets in five games, and they'll wait to see who wins this series of the Memphis Grizzlies and the Minnesota Timberwolves. 
The Grizzlies lead that series three to two. Game six is tonight. They have a po- they have a chance to close it out. It'll be in Minnesota. So we'll see if the Grizzlies face off against the Warriors or if we're going to get a Game 7 against the Grizzlies in Timberwolves. A lot of good stuff in this. I'm excited for that Bucks celtics second-round matchup. I'm also super excited for that Mavericks-Suns second-round matchup as well. I think the winner of the Bucks and Celtics, that's going to be your Eastern Conference champion. That, got, that team will end up going to the finals, in my opinion, Bucks or Celtics. And then same with the Suns and Mavericks. I think the winner of that round is also going to be the Western Conference champion. So I think winner of Bucks Celtics, winner of Suns Mavericks, whoever wins those two series, that's going to be your finals matchup. That's what I'm most excited to see in the second round. Those are my two favorite matchups. Round one coming to a close in the NBA playoffs as we get closer to the NBA finals. I can't wait. I love it. All right, and then final, final thought here on this episode of the final, final podcast. Dodgers starting pitcher Trevor Bauer has been suspended for domestic abuse and has been suspended for 324 games. That's two full years of MLB games. This is a huge suspension. This is a statement suspension from the MLB, and in my opinion, this is a step in the right direction for a suspension like this. I mean, for years, it has been known and it's kind of been shown what this isn't just the MLB. NFL, NBA, what has mattered to them more? It's been PEDs and drugs or marijuana that has brought on these big suspensions. And it's been shown that to the NBA and the NFL and to the MLB that domestic violence cases and domestic abuse isn't a big deal to them, to a lot of these major sports. I mean, we saw when Calvin Ridley in the NFL, he was immediately suspended for one whole year for gambling on the game because the integrity of the game matters most. When we see guys like Zeke Elliott, Kareem Hunt, Deshaun Watson right now, among many more, be suspended for significantly less games for domestic abuse charges and allegations. This right here, the MLB is showing that it's not going to tolerate that, and they're going to take any allegations or any charges very seriously of domestic violence. And I think that is absolutely the right thing to do because we've seen players get charged for domestic abuse in the NFL and only be suspended for four games. That's it. And that's kind of sad when you think about it because then we forget about it one week after they return from the field. But then Calvin Ridley... Missing the entire year, last year, not playing, places money and bets on the Falcons winning while he has no influence on it. And I, 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 I get that it's wrong. I was not in favor of him doing it in the first place, but he immediately suspended for an entire year. And then you have guys with domestic abuse charges getting suspended four games, six games, Kareem Hunt, Zeke Elliott, Ray Rice. I don't know. This was a statement by the MLB, and I thought it was a statement in the right direction. Trevor Bauer is appealing it because he is still claiming innocence. We'll see when it all comes out. But if he's not, this is the right move, I think, by the MLB. 
when you've considered what they, the MLB, NBA, NFL, what they have said is worse. They've said PEDs, gambling on the game, is worse than domestic violence. So I don't know. I liked this move by the MLB suspending Trevor Bauer for two full years of games. That's 324 games. It's incredible. That's a lot of games. But we'll see what the end result comes from this case. All right. That is all I have for you on this episode of the Final Final Podcast. I'm sorry for bringing it down a little bit there, but it was a very big topic, very serious topic that I wanted to address, and I thought the MLB was doing the right thing. So thank you for sticking with me on this episode. NFL draft still going on. I'm going to go watch this second round. I believe I just checked my phone and the Packers traded up for a wide receiver while I was listening to this. So I'm very excited for that. I told you, didn't have to get one in the first round. They got one here and they traded up for one in the second round, which means they really liked him. I think it was Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. This guy is an athletic freak. There you go again with the Packers drafting athletes everywhere. So go watch the second round and third round in the NFL draft. I'm certainly going to watch it the rest of this weekend. Thanks for tuning in on this episode. We'll do a full draft recap on Monday, and we'll dive in to the second round matchups of the NBA playoffs. Thanks for tuning in. Stay safe out there. As always, you're listening to The Final Final.